All right, this isn't just a typical Saturday night. We know that you spend most of your Saturday or preparing for your drafts on Sunday. Either you drafted on Saturday or you're going to draft on Sunday. This is the busiest fantasy football draft weekend of the year. And I'm not going to lie to you. I just tore up my intro because we've got breaking news that impacts fantasy football greatly. Andrew Luck retiring from the National Football League. Lamar Miller with a torn ACL. All those mock drafts you did, they mean nothing now. It's time to be real. The fantasy season is here. The drafts are more important than ever, and the news is just flying. Welcome in to Eye on Fantasy Football. I'm Dave Richard. I'm joined by Heath Cummings. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. We're not going to hold out on anybody like Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. We're not going to retire on anybody like Andrew Luck, and we're certainly feeling great, Heath Cummings, but let's start with Andrew Luck. Obviously, this has a huge impact on the quarterbacks that we're going to draft. It's going to have an impact on the tight ends that we're going to draft because Eric Ebron is going to have some impact. Marlon Mack is going to have some impact, but the one guy that's been constant in Indianapolis's offense for years is T.Y. Hilton. Let's start with him. And then we'll just real quick go through the rest of the offense before we get to the quarterbacks in Indianapolis. T.Y. Hilton, Heath Cummings, what? Where do you draft him now? I, I think that we should just go with the what? The, what? 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 The that, what? That, yes, that's exactly how this whole situation feels right now. You look at we've got a full season of T.Y. Hilton playing with Jacoby Brissett, who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Colts now. It wasn't very good at all. He got 109 targets that year, caught 57 of them. That's not good. 966 yards, four touchdowns. Mm. I, I, My initial first thought is I'm going to project him a little bit higher than that. I think Jacoby Brissett's improved a little bit as a quarterback. It probably won't be that bad, but I, you cannot draft T.Y. Hilton as a top 24 wide receiver. I'm going to rank him in the 30s somewhere, probably upper 30s, somewhere right in that Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson range. But he has a bad quarterback. It's not going to be as good of offense. I've downgraded Marlon Mack because one of the things we loved about Marlon Mack is if you're a running back in Andrew Luck's offense. Your money. Yes, lots of touchdowns. You're going to score a bunch of touchdowns. They're not going to score a bunch of touchdowns anymore. No. They might score some touchdowns. I don't think so either. Uh, I'm definitely nervous about about T.Y. Hilton. But I I agree with you. I think he can do better than four touchdowns. And I watched Jacoby Brissett play in their – uh, last preseason game, not the one that the they just one, finished yeah. against Chicago. And I thought he was great. He made some unbelievable money throws. There was one where he was just buried in the pocket. He somehow escaped the grasp of a defender. With a split second of time, he fired a perfect pass to Eric Ebron on a 16-yard gain. That drive ended with an Eric Ebron touchdown. I'm not going to be optimistic about any Indianapolis Colts players. And T.Y. Hilton is somebody that I don't think you can draft anywhere close to round three, probably not even round four anymore. But I do think he's one of those receivers that you can look at and say, okay, he can probably work his way close to 1,000 yards, maybe get over that hump at the end of the year. Ebron, we didn't really talk about him yet. I think that he's someone who can still score five or six touchdowns. Might get you 700 yards along the way, but a clear downgrade at quarterback. When Andrew Luck is gone, Jacoby Brissett's not going to be quite as good. And Marlon Mack, I've I've got him ranked as, as a flex type of player now. If you draft him today as a number two running back, I got news for you. It's not going to work out well. That offensive line is fine, but he's not a good enough player 
to handle a big workload and, and to catch a lot of passes because defenses, they're going to be bringing their defenders in a little bit closer now because they're not going to be afraid of Jacoby Brissett's arm. Let me give you our phone number, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We are going to take a ton of calls tonight. We know you've got questions about Colts players, about Texans players, about holdout running backs. We're going to get to it all over the next two hours. And before we get to the phones, Heath, Lamar Miller sounds like he tore his ACL real early on in the preseason game against the Cowboys in Dallas tonight. Gets a carry, gets tackled, just looks ugly. He's writhing in pain on the field. And now we hear that it appears to be a torn ACL. What does it mean for the Texans' run game? They don't have enough running backs. They barely had enough running backs with Lamar Miller. Um, They did acquire Duke Johnson from the Browns. Duke Johnson is a very talented running back, but we've never seen him get more than 104 carries in a season before. As of right now, I think you have to project this is going to be a committee between Duke Johnson and, in my opinion, most likely someone that's not on the roster. We're going to see several running backs get cut over the next week. Maybe it's a Carlos Hyde. Maybe it's a Kenneth Dixon. Maybe they go acquire somebody like a Giovanni Bernard. They have some rookies on their team. I don't think any of those guys but are they're, ready. They're, they're not ready. Kind to of undra- they're undrafted rookies and right. a couple of former undrafted rookies, so not anybody that I think we should run to the waiver wire no, to grab. No, no, But Duke Johnson is interesting now because he is their most experienced running back, obviously not with the Texans, but just in general over the NFL, and a very good passing downs type of back. I, I'm not too worried about the lack of carries he's gotten season by season. I think that... If they don't find somebody to their liking to handle the early downs work, he's going to get it. And the other thing that I think about is that this is all going to put more on Deshaun Watson's shoulders. And this could lead to an MVP-type season for Deshaun Watson. Because think of it, if they have a hard time, they're already going to have a hard time running the ball given their offensive line. They've got two rookie tackles playing guard to begin the year. So literally four tackles on that offensive line. What if they just, I don't know, Throw it 40 times a game. That's not what Bill O'Brien wants to do. I don't think Bill O'Brien's got a choice at this point. Yeah, it's going to depend on who he can find and how much faith they have in Duke Johnson to hold up to that workload. Right now, I, I tried it. Like, I think you could give Duke Johnson maybe 150 carries. Okay. And, and you, you are the king of projections around CBSSports.com. So I, do you have a projection? For Duke Johnson that you're comfortable giving out right now? I, I don't think you can make one that makes any sense. But I will say this. If you leave almost half of the team's carries just floating out there in the abyss for someone to some ta- come take someday. And you give Duke Johnson 160 carries, 50 catches, that makes him a top 25 running back in his efficiency. And I also don't think that this is a team that's going to spend another draft pick and more cap space on a running back. No, so if you no. were thinking, well, now this opens the door for Melvin Gordon, the thought is fun, but I don't think it's going to happen. So if don't draft Melvin Gordon any higher than you were anyway, thinking, well, the Texans are just going to trade for him now, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, 855-212-4227 is the number. Each time we answer a call and we're answering the call and we're done with the call, the line is open. You should call in. We're here to help you, like I said, all night, two hours to get you ready for your fantasy drafts tomorrow or to help you fix your fantasy roster already after you've drafted. Oh, man, that's not what you want at this point. But let's get to it. We are going to lead off with who else? Ernest in Texas. Ernest is a loyal, loyal listener, loyal caller. I like to think of him as my cousin, Heath. He's somebody who's always going to be there for us on the phones, and we're always going to be there to help him with his fantasy questions. Good evening, Ernest. 
Good evening, my friends. How are you tonight? Well, we're, we're doing better than Lamar Miller. I can say that. Yes, definitely. I saw that injury. It was, it was it, yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, maybe uh, just a quick little ditty on that. Uh, maybe LaShawn McCoy would be a fit there, and uh, maybe Clowney, maybe uh, trading Clowney with the Bills would work out for them. Well, th- I, I don't. they'd have to get a pick back with LaShawn McCoy to make that happen, and maybe Buffalo would be open to it. I think, I think that would definitely put the Bills' defense over the top, definitely make it worth taking as one of the top 12 DSTs on draft day. We'll see what happens. That's an interesting call for sure. Um, what, what you got for tonight, Ernest? So I had a keeper question, uh, trying to decide which tight end to keep. I can keep uh, this half-point PPR, so I can keep uh, Hunter Henry in the 14th round, or I can keep Evan Ingram in the 12th round. So i just trying to decide on those two. Thanks, guys. I think we're going to disagree on this one. The very first question, Dave, we get to disagree on this. Let's go. I've actually moved Hunter Henry just ahead of Evan Ingram in non-PPR. I've got him right behind him in PPR. So that two-round difference is enough for me. I'll take Hunter Henry in the 14th round. And I'll go with Evan Ingram. Look, these tight ends, the values that you've given, they're both great. So I almost don't even think about the difference in round value. I just want the one that I think is going to have the better year. I think Evan Ingram could basically be the number one receiver for the New York Giants. And I'm not too worried about Daniel Jones if he takes over for Eli Manning sooner than later. He's looked good this preseason. I think Evan Ingram has a shot at 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns this year. I would take him. Let's move along to Daniel in Kansas. Daniel, you are on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, hi. I wanted to ask you about Lamar Miller and just any fantasy advice I have him on my team and obviously just found out he's out for the year. But so, um, And someone already picked up Duke Johnson, too. So Sure. Kind of in a struggle here. Okay, so we are looking for a running back that wasn't drafted that, <laughs> that he can pick up and give him a semblance of some fantasy production. Heath, do you have anybody off the top of your head? Um, you know, a guy that might do it at the beginning of the year is Chris Thompson. He goes undrafted in a lot of leagues. You look at what he did at the start of last year. He scored like 45 fantasy points in the first two weeks of the season. The other thing I will tell you is look for the decisions that get made by NFL teams over the next week and a half. And maybe somebody gets cut, picked up by the Texans, and you can grab that guy. But Thompson is the first name that came to mind from those guys that kind of sometimes... I mean, we don't. We should be clear, because there are some guys that get drafted in our drafts all the time that go undrafted in some other drafts. So there are rookies like Justice Hill that gets goes undrafted in regular drafts a lot. Mm-hmm. Devin Singletary. Sure. If that type of guy is available in your league, go get them. Maybe Mike Davis. He might be available. We should be able to spend a little bit of time before our second segment looking at what running backs are available in less than 60% of CBS Sports Leagues. And in when we do that, that means that these are guys that could be out there. Maybe C.J. Anderson is someone who's available in a lot of leagues. I know that he had the second series with the Lions offense, not carry on Johnson in their preseason game. He's going to get some work. And that matchup, week one against Arizona, I think that's going to be really good for both Carrion Johnson and C.J. Anderson, given the way that that Cardinals defense has looked this preseason. Woof. Let's keep it going on the phones. Peter is in North Carolina. Peter, you are on Eye on Fantasy Football. Dave, Keith, I am so happy that it's the two of you I get to speak. Don't tell Adam and Jamie, but the two of you are my favorite. I'm originally from Chicago, and I'm an absolute projections nerd, but Gentlemen, tonight, I just need a hug. Uh, I, as weird as I am a Colts fan, and this news came as an absolute shocker. Just devastated. My wife left me and went up to bed. She was just like, I don't know how to comfort you. I'm here for you. 
I think I need to let you just win, you know, cry this out. Um, well, Peter, we are here for you. So I'm sending a hug your way, buddy. Sorry that you, this is happening. You were it, voted. You were voted the most huggable member um, of the CBS crew. <laughs> True. I'm, I'm going to get a plaque made. Actually, put it put well, it on I'll, my desk. Uh, I'll get to work on that. It'll it'll take my mind off. <laughs> Much um, appreciated. Maybe okay. Adam could make a maybe Adam could make a podcast league for just Colts and Texans fans tonight. Oh. Um, it can be like a 2018 league. Hold on. Anyway. Now listen, it, it's it's bad news, but we need to move forward and think positively here. We've got we we've do. got a fantasy championship to win. We do, and I have a draft tomorrow, and I'm thinking I would like to get your thoughts on this. I think it's going to be an overreaction. I mean, just I saw Heath send out his tweets about how Ebron is now tight end 18, Marlon Mack is RB, what, I think 26, and you just said T.Y. is in the 30s for wide receiver. I feel like it's an overreaction. Do we think maybe we want to target some incredible, incredible crazy potential cult values? They're going to have to be incredible. Like that's going to be the question in leagues. We won't know for a week what the ADP is on these players. Sure, but we um, do know where we'd feel comfortable drafting them. And I haven't moved Ebron or Ty Hilton yet in my rankings. I have moved Marlon Mack. So I'm curious as to where you've got. Where, what round, Heath, are you willing to move or to pick up Marlon Mack in? I think it's going to depend on non-PPR versus PPR. Let's go with both. Let's start with PPR. What are you thinking on Marlon Mack and PPR? I don't think I'd want to take Marlon Mack until the fifth round. Interesting. I'm in round six. Okay. So, so fifth you, or sixth round. Right. Okay. And now what about non-PPR? Fourth or fifth. I'm in the fifth. Yeah. So you're a little bit more excited about Marlon And he thought Mack I was overreacting, I, I think. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> I, I'm reacting more so than you are. 855-212-4227 is the number. Let's keep it going. Eric, you're in Maine, and you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, guys. Uh, I have a keeper question. It has nothing to do with luck. Thank God I don't have a draft yet. But I need to know, should I keep uh, Damian Williams in the 14th round or carry on Johnson in the 14th round? Wow. Half, so, point, half point PBR and point two points per carry. Eric, I've got an important question to ask you. Can you keep yeah. them for more than just one year? Yeah, I can keep either one of them for three years. Okay, because that makes a difference to me because I don't know how much longer Damian Williams is going to be around. I would rather have carry on this year. I would too. Okay. So – like, I know I want Carry on Johnson long-term, and I know I want Carry on Johnson this year, so I'm keeping Carry on Johnson. We're done here. Carry on Johnson is absolutely <laughs> the one to go with, but I do want to talk a little bit about Damian Williams. He had a great touchdown catch in the Chiefs preseason game. I got an up-close look at him last week in Pittsburgh, Heath. He looks a little bit bigger and stronger than I remember him being in the playoffs last year. I, I, I looked at him next to Carlos Hyde, and Hyde's a big guy. Damian Williams is still pretty big. He's put on some muscle, it looks like. His arms looked a little bit bigger. And when you stand him next to Darwin Thompson, I mean, it, it, there's no doubt about it. And we will talk about Darwin Thompson quite a bit tonight. We're looking for your calls, 855-212-4227. If you've already drafted and Andrew Luck is on your team, I feel bad for you. But we do have some suggestions. We do have some alternatives, and we will talk about them on the other side of the break. He's Heath Cummings. I'm Dave Richard. This is Eye on Fantasy Football. You're listening to CBS Sports Radio's Eye on Fantasy Football. All right. We continue to react to the Andrew Luck retirement news and what it means for your fantasy football team, along with Lamar, ja Lamar Miller, not Lamar Jackson. 
Or Jack Johnson. Or Jack Johnson. Neither of them, hopefully, will hurt their knees anytime soon. And we're taking your calls to talk about it on Ion Fantasy Football. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. You just go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. It's a good deal. Colts wish they could get 15% of the, the guaranteed money they gave Andrew Luck back after this decision. All right. I'm Dave Richard. I'm with Heath Cummings. We're both fantasy football writers for CBS Sports. I'm looking at the list, Heath, of running backs that are available in 40% or they're owned in 40% or fewer leagues, meaning they're available in 60% or more. So if you've drafted Lamar Miller already, you're looking for a replacement. Here are some names. And I want you, Heath, to pick out the one or two names that stand out to you the most. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, Frank Gore, 38% owned. Naheem Hines, 38% owned. Uh -uh. 36% owned. C.J. Anderson, 36% owned. Ito Smith, does that interest you? It's the the best one I've heard so far. I think there are better names coming. Okay, Mike Davis of the Chicago Bears, 27% owned. Does that do anything? It's it's okay. I, I was expecting to hear like a Darwin Thompson. Well, what I'm looking at says Darwin Thompson is available in 75% of leagues, owned in only 25% of leagues. Now, I find that hard to believe because every single draft that I've been in, Darwin Thompson has been drafted. That's what I was kind of getting in the first segment. A lot of these leagues are not like our leagues, Dave. That's true. <laughs> there are there are zero fantasy football writers in most people's leagues. My buddy was in a fantasy <laughs> draft today, and he almost got George Kittle in round five. Yes. Round five, George Kittle. I've been taking him in round two and round three. But, but to, get, like, to get back to the list, the names are astonishing. Tony Pollard, Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison, sure. Darwin Thompson. All those guys are under 40%. A lot of rookies on that list, so I'm wondering if those percentages might be low based on something else. Uh, I see I see uh, Ty Montgomery on the list. I know he's going to get a few touches from week to week. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown of the Rams. This is a guy who could end up replacing Todd Gurley at some point this year. Only 10% owned. Darren Sproles, 11% owned. He'll get five to seven touches I feel per week. better. I, I, like, I was really, in that first segment, kind of feeling sad for all the people that drafted Lamar Miller. Like, they just didn't have anything. They've got lots of options. <laughs> these there's, there's are the all, options. They've got all kinds of good options. No, so, these, some are these are not good options. These probably, are miserable options. I would say five of the names that we've said in the last two minutes are going to be better than what we thought Lamar Miller was going to be last year. Is it better to... Pick up one of these running backs that are probably going to end up being scrubs, or do you try and find just anybody with any semblance of upside on the waiver wire and hope to make a trade to get a running back that you can well, I'm hoping start with some confidence. We like this is a good, I guess, just lesson too for the people that haven't drafted. You should have three running backs on your team that you're okay starting week one. Like, it shouldn't be that Lamar Miller went down and now you look at your roster and there's not one person you could start. You're dropping Lamar Miller now, and I want to pick up one of the guys with upside that I can just sit on my bench and wait for them to hit. 855-212-4227 is the number. Let's go back to the phones. Spencer is in Michigan. Spencer, you are on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, guys. What's going on? Spencer, we've had quieter nights than this. There's there's a lot happening now. (laughs) Yeah, there is. I, I have a question for you guys. I have a keeper draft tomorrow. 
two QB, one of the QBs I was keeping was Andrew Luck. Obviously, that's not going to work out well for me now. Uh, the commission, the rest of the league, has said that it's fine if I take one of the other QBs that was on my roster. I was hoping to get you guys' input. The two options I have are Phillip Rivers and Josh Allen, six points for passing touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rivers, and I have them very, very close in my rankings. If it was four points for pass touchdown, I might even prefer Allen because of the rushing yards. But I do think, like, Phillip Rivers is one of those guys that always ends up somewhere in the teens in the consensus rankings and always ends up somewhere in the top 12 in the final rankings. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's going to play 16 games. He's going to score the fantasy points. He's not exciting, but he's a good keeper. Spencer, Phillip Rivers has finished as a top 12 fantasy quarterback each of the last six seasons. I'd love to recommend him as somebody to go and pick up if you lost Andrew Luck and I don't think he's going to be on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues because he's so good. And his schedule to begin the year, Indianapolis at home, at Detroit, Houston at home, at Miami. That's a nice start. And he has started hot for a long time. Each of the last six seasons, he's had some great games. So Phillip Rivers would be my keeper pick as well. Let's keep it going on the phones. Derek is in Fresno. Derek, you're on eye on fantasy football. Oh, solid. What's up, guys? What's up, Derek? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so my question is, uh, since Andrew Luck has re- announced his retirement, what should I do with Eric Ebron? I'm a little nervous about it. Uh, what do you think I should do with him? Should I keep him on or should I try to find another tight end? What do you think? I'd be looking for another tight end. We were scared of Eric Ebron with Andrew Luck. He was not okay. going to score the touchdowns the way that he did last year. His numbers with Jack Doyle on the field were downright frightening. And so I I would be looking for someone else. And there's there's a the nice thing about tight end is replacement level is so bad that almost anyone could do it. Like you can always find guys that are available on the waiver wire that can give you tight end ten to twelve production. Sure, okay. I I think that that's fair to say. I wouldn't mind if I had to begin the year with Eric Ebron as my tight end. I don't think he's going to just turn into a donut in my fantasy lineup each week i like the connection that he had with jacoby Brissett in the second preseason game i i am not up to what he did in the third preseason game uh, against chicago but he's going to take on a chargers defense that just lost derwin james derwin james shut down tight ends last year with him off the field i think he's going to have some opportunities and i think that this colts offense heath is going to play it fairly safe They're not going to take a lot of downfield chances, and I think that that helps Eric Ebron two ways. One, he's a great big target anywhere 15 yards from the line. Well, he's big. I wouldn't say he's great. He's okay. (laughs) He is physically big, and he's he's okay. He'll drop a few passes, but he's he's a big target. I also think the Colts are going to be playing from behind. We talked about it with our producer, Brian McKeon, during the break. They're probably not going to win more than six games this year without Andrew Luck. But if I had the option, and I think he's on the waiver wire probably in 70% of leagues, and you told me TJ Hawkinson was out there. You're going to go I'd, Hawkinson over Ebron. I'd rather start Hawkinson week one against Arizona than I would Eric Ebron against the Chargers. That's a close call for me. I, I think I'm still going Ebron in that case, but they're both in that same boat as guys that I don't feel comfortable with. Another tight end that I'm just not comfortable with in general over the course of the season is Vance McDonald. I know you like Vance McDonald quite a bit. I'm assuming you're going to draft Vance McDonald ahead of Eric Ebron now. Oh, yeah, without a question. I, I, was, I think I may have had McDonald ahead of Ebron before this news, but without question now, yes. Dak is in Florida. Dak, you are on CBS Sports Radio. Dak, you are not on CBS Sports Radio. Let's move it to Chris in Oklahoma. Chris, what's going on? 
Hey, guys, how you doing? Uh, quick question. Just wanted to know if I should keep Nick Chubb for zero in a keeper league or Alvin Kamara for 52. What's your total budget in the keeper league? 200. Full I, point PPR. I, I asked that question as a formality, but I, I think we agree that Nick Chubb for zero, Nick Chubb for free is pretty much as good as it gets. It might be the best keeper situation in the history of the universe. Yep. Keep Chubb. Awesome. Chubb Thanks. is definitely the way to go, Chris. Uh, I'm happy to help you out with that. 855-212-4227 is the number. We will get to our calls after the break. Here's more Eye on Fantasy Football on CBS Sports Radio. You're not going to want to miss the rest of Eye on Fantasy Football. Dave Richard, Heath Cummings with you. Keeping you company until midnight Eastern time, 9 p.m. out on the West Coast. You know, just hanging out, talking about Andrew Luck not playing in the NFL anymore, Lamar Miller, torn ACL. I thought our night would be consumed by talk about Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. Who are those guys? <laughs> Everybody who plays fantasy football knows who those guys are. <laughs> Why don't we talk about them real quick? Ezekiel Elliott holding out from the Dallas Cowboys. There was a report this week that said that the Cowboys were prepared to make him the second highest paid running back in the NFL. And my guess is that Ezekiel Elliott didn't blink at that. We're less than two weeks away from the season kicking off Heath Cummings. Where do you draft Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, that report was followed by him retweeting a tweet saying that he should be the highest played running back in Pitt football. Sure. So that's what Ezekiel Elliott thinks. I still feel more confident in him playing week one and especially early in the season than I do Melvin Gordon. Now, maybe if we get another four or five days from now, if we get to next Thursday and we're one week away from real football games, I'm going to have to change my tune a little bit, but I'm fine taking Elliott in the first five picks in a non-PPR draft. I drop him behind a few more receivers in PPR. I'll take him in the top eight, but still my number four running back in both formats. I, I think we're almost on the same page. I'm I'm now taking James Conner ahead of Ezekiel Elliott because I like James Conner. I like the track record of Steelers running backs. I think he's going to have another really good year. And so I'm just going to take that safety at running back ahead of him. And then in PPR, like you said, there are those three receivers that we all seem to like a lot. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, in some order. All three of them deserve to be picked as safe options compared to Ezekiel Elliott. Melvin Gordon, for me, is uh, persona non grata. I am not interested in having him on my fantasy team unless it's like like round six or something like that. And I know people are going to take him round three or round four on the hope that he comes back and he plays like he did last year, one of the most consistent running backs in fantasy football. But I kind of like what I've seen from the Chargers, not just this preseason, but also last season. They played four games without Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler had a lot of work. He had some good numbers for fantasy. Justin Jackson had some good opportunities. Those are going to be the two running backs that are going to carry the water for the Chargers without Melvin Gordon there. I'm I'm almost more interested in drafting them at their values, at their ADPs at this point. Eckler, I think, is a good round six pick. Do you agree with me on that one? I think the interesting question is you get to round six. Austin Eckler, Eckler and Melvin Gordon are staring you in the face. Are you actually taking Austin Eckler before Melvin Gordon? Because that is the way that my rankings read right now. What's interesting is that I do have Melvin Gordon one spot higher. So I guess I have to say I'm taking Melvin Gordon. But just like with Ezekiel Elliott, if another week goes by and there's there's no traction here, I, I think you've got to move Eckler ahead of him. And I love the idea of drafting Justin Jackson round nine. Nine's perfect. Nine is, nine is fine for a guy who could end up being the early downs back for the Chargers, just laying out a scenario that Austin Eckler doesn't play to expectations. 
you're getting a better value on the other running back who could end up being the best back for the Chargers. All right, back to the phones. We've got Richard in Nebraska waiting for us. Richard, you are on CBS Sports Radio. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Richard, thank you so much for waiting for us, man. We're getting closer, aren't we? We really, less than two weeks. It's crazy. Hey, when, when is Ezekiel <laughs> going to get his act together and show up and, and let us relax a little bit here in fantasy land? I don't know. I got uh, Pollard in a 14th round tonight, so I'm not really worried about That's, it. That is awesome. And we probably should have brought up Tony Pollard. We will after we talk to you, Richard. Hey, a lot of, uh, lot of talk about Luck. Did he end up playing tonight? Is that kind of where people are trying to figure out what to do with him? Andrew Luck play tonight? I don't think so. Yeah, there's no. a lot of talk about him. No, he, he, he announced his retirement. I know, I know. Oh, um, I, 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 for, I thought you were sarcastic, Richard, but I, I just had to make sure. I, so I, I had, had to, to play it straight. I, I guess you got me. Hey, um, fantasy question now. In a 12-team PPR league where you have to start three wide receivers, two running backs, and you can only roster four wide receivers, does that just scream zero RB? And if so, at what point are you willing as far as a draft position which is unknown right now what point are you willing to kind of start that zero rb well it, it my state what i would have said you know a week or two ago was zero rb i really like in this situation this is exactly when you want to do it but you can't do it if you have a pick amongst the first four because if you have a top four pick you've got to take one of those four running backs sure um we're not there anymore Ezekiel Elliott has fallen far enough to where I think you could do it reasonably if you don't have one of the top three picks. Now, if you have one of the top three picks, you're still taking one of those running backs. And what you might do, and it's not anything like zero running back, you're taking a running back with your first pick, but that might be the only running back I take in the first five or six rounds. I get mm-hmm. it. I, I, I think that that's fine. I really love the idea of getting two wide receivers with my first two picks if I'm picking somewhere between eighth and ninth all the way to the end of round one and then coming back in round two and getting another one. We've identified eight wide receivers that we think are surefire, safe fantasy studs. After you get past the, the, the end of the tier, which is Mike Evans, there's questions. And maybe Keenan Allen, maybe we don't have as many questions on, but T.Y. Hilton now obviously in, in, in serious trouble uh, as far as his fantasy value goes. Amari Cooper is hurt. Um, the Vikings receivers, people just aren't sure what to do with him. Antonio Brown. Are people confident in Antonio Brown at this point? So if you can lock up two of those receivers on your team, I think you're getting off to a really good start. And I'll even go this far. I would rather start my team with two of the top eight wide receivers, especially in PPR, than Le'Veon Bell and somebody else. Saying that Le'Veon Bell, he's a great second-round pick, but I'd still rather go receiver-receiver with my first two picks. All right, let's talk real quick about Tony Pollard. He had another couple of nice runs tonight for the Dallas Cowboys. They really beat up on the Texans in the third week of the preseason. I don't think anybody really cares uh, that they won 34 to nothing. But Tony Pollard had 26 yards on six carries. It's a decent average. I don't think anybody's complaining. Ten yards on two catches. Seems to be the running back that they're going to lead the way with. The right time to draft him is when. Uh, If you have Ezekiel Elliott, then I – Personally, I think you consider it at the end of the ninth, early tenth, and I, I know you're a little higher than that. If you don't I, have Elliott, for me, he's behind Justice Hill, he's behind Singletary, he's behind Alexander Madison. I'll take him early round eleven. I will take him ahead of those three running backs specifically, and I think I'm going to try. I, I'm going to shoot my shot in round nine if I don't have Ezekiel Elliott on Tony Pollard, because if Ezekiel Elliott holds out for 
any part of the season, this guy's running behind the Cowboys' offensive line. It's a great unit. I think he's got a chance at huge numbers. I would love to have Tony Pollard on my team. And what's the worst thing that happens? Zeke signs and I waste my ninth-round pick? I'd rather do that than lose one of my other picks in the draft. I do think an interesting question, and this, this is probably why where we're different on him, but we should just put a number out there. If Ezekiel Elliott misses week one, how many touches do you think Tony Pollard gets in week one? I think he can get to 15. And the, the Cowboys are playing the Giants at home, so maybe 15 is on the low side. I, I think he could end up being the guy that ends up squashing the clock in the fourth quarter for the Dallas See, Cowboys. Yeah, I, I hope so. If he is, then I'm too low. And if I get Ezekiel Elliott on draft day, say I'm picking late in round one, I decide to take him, I'm going for Pollard in round eight. I don't want anybody else to have him. I want that Cowboys backfield locked up. I want it on my team. I want to have those numbers helping me win a fantasy championship. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Oregon. Ben is on the line. What's going on tonight, Ben? I'm doing good. How are you gentlemen doing? We're doing all right, Ben. What's happening with your fantasy squad? So I have my draft on Thursday night, and I'm playing in a full PPR league, 12-man. We're doing a super flex, a flex, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a DST, and a QB. Um, I went quite running back heavy through the first eight rounds. I got Ezekiel Elliott, Chris Carson, Tevin Coleman, Latavius Murray, David Montgomery, and um, wow. I I failed to lock up Pollard. It was very stressful. I had to reach for uh, Dak Prescott for my super flex. What would you guys be willing to give up to get Pollard at this point? I have Antonio Brown, Curtis Samuel, and Geronimo Allison as my starting receivers. I'm just stressing out to go ahead and reach for Tony. I, oh, go ahead. I, that, this is the thing. If you have that type of running back depth, I don't know that you need to make your team worse somewhere else to go get Tony Pollard. If Ezekiel Elliott doesn't play week one, it sounds like you have plenty of running backs to play week one. Don't worry worry about Tony Pollard. Hopefully someone else wastes that roster spot and you get Zeke week one, but you're covered. You've got Mm -hmm. the depth. You've got the guys to start. Stick with the rest of your good players. And that's the alternative to handcuffing your stud running backs anyway. It's just draft a lot of running backs on other teams. They're, they could perform better than the handcuff would for your team anyway. 855-212-4227 is the number. We're heading to Heath's hometown, Kansas City. Rob is on Eye on Fantasy Football. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, first-time listener and first-time caller. Didn't Welcome, Rob. The air this weekend. Awesome. Uh, We're huge, glad to have huge, you. Huge fan of the podcast. Um, I'm actually in the listener league this year. I'm excited. Congratulations. Um, Question about a weird league setup, and I'd just like a little in-depth ideas here from you guys. Uh, 16-team league, I feel like it changes every aspect of how you would normally draft a 10 or 12-team league. I have the 14th overall pick. We only start one running back with three receivers, and we have two flexes. What I'm finding is I'm going through mock after mock after mock. Uh, I guess my first point slash question is I think people tend to forget that the site you're drafting on heavily uh, has input on where the players are ranked and who the other people are going to take and where they rank them regardless of ADP or whatever. Um, So what I'm finding is when I get to the 14th pick, uh, sometimes I'll have a Tyreek Hill, I'll have a Juju there, uh, but most of the time it's like Gurley, Kelsey, Antonio Brown. What I've been doing is I've been reaching for Connor at that point and then I got to pick right around the corner from that, and and I can't decide which way to go. I've mocked tons of times about this, and if I end up with two running backs in the beginning, I'm stacked, I'm set in a in a running back thirsty league. But then when you come back around, the receivers are there, are just 
they do not make you feel comfortable at all whatsoever. No. So I end up with like a locket to Mike Williams. Which way do you guys think that would be most beneficial? Should I reach for one of the receivers or should I stick at running back and then end up with like a locket and Williams or something in the back end? Well, I hate to say reaching for a receiver, um, but if it's round two and Antonio Brown is there and he's the best one that's on the board, I, I, I don't. I don't hate it, given the depth that you need in this league and the fact that you have to start three receivers versus one running back. But I just don't know if I love the idea of, what would he be, 20th overall in, in your draft? I'd almost like to think that you can get a better wide receiver than Antonio Brown there. But it also wouldn't be a terrible thing if you started with Connor and Kelsey. Have that duo in a 16-team league? I think that that would get your lineup rocking, and then you wouldn't feel so bad about the wide receivers. All right. One hour down, one hour to go. Do you have a fantasy question for your team? We'll answer it here on Eye on Fantasy Football. Stick around. You're listening to CBS Sports Radio's Eye on Fantasy Football. And we are continuing on until midnight Eastern, helping you with your fantasy draft day dilemmas. Or if you've already drafted, what do you do to replace Andrew Luck as your fantasy quarterback? What do you do if Lamar Miller was on your fantasy lineup but we've got answers for you. I'm Dave Richard. I'm joined by Heath Cummings. We are senior fantasy writers at CBSSports.com. You can listen to our podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download it wherever podcasts can be found. Or you can watch us on CBS Sports HQ. It's the 24-7 live streaming home of sports news and smart analysis on the internet. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. And uh, still lots of talk about Andrew Luck. If you go on Twitter, which I did uh, during our, our, our last break, lots of quotes from Andrew Luck who came out tonight and started talking about what went into his decision. And the one thing that stands out to me, and this comes from Mike Chappell, who's been covering the Colts since forever. I see it on his Twitter feed. A quote from Luck, I can't see the future. Very clearly in my mind, I don't see it. It being him returning to the field. This sounds like it's permanent. It sounds like Andrew Luck is done. And the Jacoby Brissett era begins. Very quickly, for those that didn't hear you in the first hour, Heath, Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, if you already drafted him, I don't know what you can really do with them, but if you haven't drafted yet, what rounds do you feel comfortable getting both of those guys? Yeah, it, Mac in PPR, I think you're looking at as a fifth or sixth round pick. In non-PPR, he could go as high as the end of the fourth round. He's still going to get a lot of volume in this offense, but it's not near as good of a situation. I'm going to be one of the lower people on T.Y. Hilton. You look at what he did in 2017 with Jacoby Brissett. Sure. He had 10 out of 16 weeks. He was wide receiver 45 or worse. That's 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 a bad. That's bad. that's that's really bad. I've got him right now at wide receiver thirty four. I've seen a lot of people saying they're going to have him somewhere right around wide receiver twenty five, and it is yeah. possible that Brissett's improved some. I think he has. I I was impressed by what I saw from him in in his second preseason, the Colts' second preseason game. He obviously didn't play in their third preseason game. Neither did Ty. And I'm a, I'm fairly confident in Frank Reich. I like him as a play caller and as a head coach. So I'm probably going to be a little bit more bullish than you are on T.Y. Hilton. But, yeah, that's that. 10 out of 16 games, he wasn't even a top 40 fantasy receiver? No, he was not. He was barely top 45. All right. So that's some information that you can take with you when you go into your fantasy draft. Try and wait as long as you can to get T.Y. Hilton. Some people, I bet, have taken T.Y. Hilton off of their draft boards. Let's go back to the phones. Uh We've got a lot to talk about. Let's start with Brian in Charlotte. Brian, you are on CBS Sports Radio. 
Hey, how you guys doing this evening? We're doing all right, Brian. What's happening? Hey, just a couple of questions. Uh, one, I'm just concerned about the situation in Kansas City's backfield with Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde. I'm not sure what the split's going to be there. And then, uh, real quick, I don't know. I'm just trying to understand why the ADP is so low for a couple of guys like uh, Leonard Fournette and uh, Sony Michelle. They just seem to be really low on the draft boards. Thanks a lot. And, uh, I'll hang up and listen. I'm not sure you're going to have to worry too much about Carlos Hyde for too much longer because right. there's a lot of talk coming out of Kansas City that he might not make the final roster. I, listen, there is plenty of reason to be concerned about whether Damian Williams can hold up to a feature-back workload over a full season simply because he's been in the league for five years and we've never seen him do it. But right now I think you have to treat him like a very high-end number two running back that legitimately has top five upside for as long as he's healthy. And the guy you want to get if you want to handcuff him is Darwin Thompson. You can get him in the ninth or tenth round. I agree with you completely about Fournette. Love the fact that they are using him more in the passing game. It all comes down to whether he stays healthy. If he plays 16 games this year, I expect him to be a top ten running back. He has top five upside. Sony Michelle, it's just because he's a Patriot, right? They drafted Damian Harris. Yeah. He loses touchdowns to James Devlin. Yeah. He's got a knee injuries. He's had multiple procedures since he joined the NFL and multiple procedures before he joined the NFL. So I really liked what I saw from both Fournette and Michelle uh, in this third week of the preseason. What I didn't like from Sony, who who was cutting through the Panthers' defense like it was nothing. At the goal line, he had a carry. One of the tight ends for the Patriots didn't run a block, and he got stuffed for it. And that was a problem that he had last year. He couldn't convert a lot of short yardage opportunities. And so I, I get that, plus on top of Damian Harris being there. James White is there, too. He's obviously going to be a big factor in that backfield. The thing that I like about Leonard Fournette is that when he plays, he is great. He was a top 10 fantasy running back in 2017. He only played 13 games. He's only played 21 games through two seasons. In 15 of the 21 games, he's given you at least 11 fantasy points in non-PPR. That is a 71% success rate, Heath. That's good. So if you're willing to kind of overlook that injury bugaboo that he has, I think he's worth taking as a top 30 type pick, and that's where I would go with him. If it had to be late round two, I would do it. But round three, that's the sweet spot for Leonard Fournette, in my opinion, and only 24 years old. 855-212-4227 is the number. Call us. We'll help you win a championship in your fantasy league. We're going to help Trey in New York right now. Trey, what's going on in the Big Apple? Big Apple is cool, man. How you doing, guys? Trey, it's great to hear from you. What's happening? Yes, it is. Um, I like to draft my quarterback like after the tenth round. I like to stream him. Yep. So I was wondering, do I really need to get a top ten and then maybe a top twenty? But I was kind of looking at like Kyler Murray, Phillip Rivers, Donald, you know, Garoppolo, Prescott. People like that. Just so, more right. So streaming means that you're just going to take a quarterback that you're going to just start with no commitment. After one or two weeks, if you don't like the matchups, if you don't like how the quarterback's been producing, you're going to cut them off your fantasy team. You're going to pick up somebody else off the waiver wire. It's kind of a cost-effective way to go about playing the position given how many good quarterbacks that there are. I love the idea of starting the season with Phillip Rivers as my quarterback. We already talked about his track record just in general, but also at the beginning of the year. But there's a quarterback that you like a lot, Heath, and I don't know if he's quite in the streaming category. Lamar Jackson, I'll say it, his schedule to begin the year is amazing. At Miami in week one 
Arizona at home in week two, and that's a Cardinals team flying across the country to play him. And then at Kansas City in week three, he's going to have to chuck it against that defense. Lamar Jackson is someone who's very interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure he works for Trey, though, because I'm not sure that if Trey likes streaming quarterbacks, he's going to feel really sad when he doesn't ever get to take Lamar Jackson out of his lineup. Because I'm not sure you're going to sit. Are you going to sit him week? Let's say he gets off to the hot start we're talking about, and he plays the Browns at home in week four. Are we going to sit him in that shootout? Or then he goes to play the Steelers, the Bengals. Like, I I really, first off, yes, you're right. He has a great start to the schedule. His ADP is outside of the first 10 rounds. This is who you should draft. He he has a 10th round ADP, and just over the last, I'd say, 24 to 36 hours, his ADP is now higher than Kyler Murray's. And for me, Kyler Murray is still the guy that I'd rather have on my team, but it's with a long-term view. If you're strictly trying to get off to a hot start, Lamar Jackson's your guy. And you know what? Anybody that streams quarterback, they would love to have a guy that they begin the season with, with a late-round pick. Round 10 is perfect, and they just have as a starter the rest of the way. People who drafted Patrick Mahomes last year did that. And look at how they did in their fantasy leagues. I bet they made the playoffs. Brian is on... CBS Sports Radio. He's calling from New Jersey. What's going on, B? Hey, guys. Uh, I just have a question. I'm in a 12-team PPR league, full point, uh, and it's a league where a lot of the other guys, they value tight end very highly, so it would not shock me whatsoever if the top six uh, tight ends go before round four even begins. It's also a setup where it's uh, you have to start one running back, one receiver. You have two running back receiver flex spots and another uh, flex sets, running back, receiver, tight end. How should I just like approach the first few rounds of this draft? Should it be more wide receiver heavy, running back heavy? Like, uh, just trying to figure that out. I, I know I heard at the beginning of the call you said people really value tight ends in this league. Is that because it's a tight end premium league? Do they get more points for catches than running backs and wide receivers? No, just everyone's kind of wise to the fact that tight end is pretty trash after about the top five or six. Yeah, that's the case. Yeah, I I have a hard time. I mean, if Travis Kelsey's there in the second round, I'm happy with that. If Ertz or Kittle are there in the third round, I'm happy with that. If Ingram or Henry or Howard, if you have to take them at the end of the fourth in this league, I guess I'd be okay with that. But for the most part, I, I like to go in with my IDF. I mean, if this has the same scoring as all of the leagues and it's really flex-heavy, then I'm really just looking at these players and saying, okay, you guys want to draft a bunch of tight ends? I'm going to draft a bunch of people that score a bunch of points. You know, we just got done talking about streaming quarterbacks. The other position that's fairly uh, common to stream is tight end. And I think a lot of people this year are going to they're going to see what TJ Hawkinson did in the preseason they're going to gravitate toward Vance McDonald. They're going to see Darren Waller in Oakland. And they might begin the season with those guys as their tight end to begin the year. And if they work out, that's great. And if not, you can always go to the waiver wire and, and kind of has-beens like Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph. They're not getting drafted in a ton of leagues. They're certainly getting drafted by old-school fantasy drafters who recognize their names. But there will be tight ends out there that you could stream as well. I agree with Heath. I would zag while everybody else is zigging. And unless you can get a, a fair value on a tight end, don't go for it. Go grab players at other positions. You'll be glad that you did. 855-212-4227 is the number. Matt dialed it. And Matt from L.A. is now on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, guys. How's it going? I just had a question about uh, T.Y. Hilton. 
with all the Andrew Luck news, um, yeah. if the T.Y. Hilton owner is scrambling, should I be targeting him? And if so, like, what's a comparable player that you would be willing to trade him for right now? That's an interesting strategy because now you can get T.Y. Hilton on your team maybe at a discount. He probably, if you've already drafted already, he was probably a round three pick. Maybe a player that you drafted in round seven, you dangle I, in front of the T.Y. I've, Hilton owner? I've got a name, Dave. And You've got it, a name. It's it's, uh, it's blasphemy on this podcast, to, or on, on our in this in CBS to say this, but it's Curtis Samuel. Now that's you might blow my mind. <laughs> so Curtis Samuel, kind of the number two receiver in Carolina, has gotten all kinds of hype this preseason. Yes. All kinds of hype in training camp. If you're on social media, man, you've probably seen videos of him making some highlight reel catches. And I've watched him play this preseason. He's a really good He's route good. runner. He he is really But I'd quick. rather have T.Y. Hilton still. Whew, I, I think I would too. And so I like that idea. You've got Curtis Samuel. You'd say, okay, listen, here's this 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 hot name, and I'm going to give him to you for T.Y. Hilton. That's good. Is there anybody else that may be in that range? Would a Robbie Anderson be somebody that you would trade away for I T.Y. May, Hilton? I may. Prefer, they're kind of the same guy now, right? I, I think well, – I think Robbie's got the better quarterback. Now. Robbie probably has the better quarterback. Uh, Mike Williams. Mike is Williams someone, isn't a bad one. I, uh, Will Fuller. How about Emmanuel Sanders? I I would do that. I don't think anybody's giving you T.Y. Hilton. Like, well, people it, can get excited about Will Fuller and but, tell themselves a story about how he's going to get all these targets this sure, year. Sure, but Matt brings up a good point. Right now, anybody yeah. that drafted any Colts players, man, they are down in the dumps. They just lost their quarterback. It's a great opportunity to go and try – and take advantage of them a little bit. Listen, this isn't fun and games. We're not playing Parcheesi here. This is fantasy football. I just banged my fist on the desk. You're trying to win at all costs, and this is one thing that you can do to help you win. 855-212-4227 is the number. Let's head out to the nation's capital. Josh is joining us on Eye on Fantasy Football. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Heath, hope you smoked a good brisket lately. Quick question for you guys. Uh, 10-team Standard scoring league. Each team gets to keep up to three keepers with the round they drafted them in last year. We don't have to start a tight end. So I've already keeping Chubb with my sixth round pick, keeping Tyler Boyd with my 10th round pick, but I'm trying to decide between DJ Moore with my eighth or um, with my 10th Latavius Murray. What do you guys think? Heath, you are the Latavius Murray fan. I think he's good enough to be a flex, even with Alvin Kamara playing. Yeah, but in the 10th round versus DJ Moore in the eighth, I think I'd still rather have DJ Moore. There's more upside with DJ yeah. Moore, isn't there? Yeah. And I know we just got done talking about Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore is typically going about a round ahead of Curtis Samuel. That's certainly in our drafts, and I think ADP. Oh, ADP doesn't reflect that. Curtis Samuel still has a round 8, 9, 10 type of ADP, whereas DJ Moore going several rounds higher. I prefer to get the second Panthers running back, whoever it is. If someone gets a little antsy and takes Samuel before Moore, I'd rather have Moore. If Moore goes first, I'd rather have Samuel. But I think there's more upside with Moore than Latavius Murray. Yep. Ryan is in sweet home Chicago, and now you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. So I have a few drafts coming up. I got one in the pipe already. I've had this tight end strategy informed heavily by the CBS uh, Fantasy Football Podcast to try nice. to get Kelsey late first round, or if not Kelsey, try to get a guy like Kittle or maybe Ertz end in the third round. The first draft worked out great. I got Ertz actually early fourth round in a 10-team league. Uh, I'm sorry, I got killed. But I have some drafts coming up where I think there's other Sharks. And if I fail to get one of either Ertz, uh, uh, or, uh, Kittle, or uh, Kelsey, 
what round do you guys like hunting for a tight end, and who do you like? Uh, thanks. I'll get off the line and take the uh, answer. You're welcome, Ryan. I, I think round five is the time for all three of the next tight ends. Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard, Hunter Henry. In that order for me, I know the order is different for you, Heath, but do you at least agree that round five is the right time? R- round five is perfect, and if it, it really works out well if you have a pick late in round five. You don't have to choose. You just take whichever one c- comes to the back end of that round. I, I would order them Ingram, Henry, Howard, and PPR, um, but I'm happy with all three of them. And I actually, like, if if I could get one of those guys in round six, I prefer that to Ertz or Kittle in the second or third. And I've said it on our podcast before. I think that you can have a decided advantage on your fantasy team if you've got one of those top three tight ends and to a lesser degree, but still an advantage with the next three, the the Engram, Howard, Henry tier. I, I think that there's enough there where you're starting them each week, no question about it. They've got potential to put up more than the Jared Cooks or Delaney Walkers, Vance McDonald, TJ Hawkinson's of, of the landscape. I think that they give your team an advantage, and I like having that advantage. I don't want to stream tight end. I'd prefer to stream quarterback. That position is much deeper, so I'm willing to pay that premium to get one of those tight ends, and you've drafted with me, Heath. You know that I'm willing I'm willing to go as early as 10th overall for Travis Kelsey. I'm willing to go middle of the second round for George Kittle, and I like Kittle better than Ertz. I would go early round three on Zach Ertz if he's there for me, and I know we're talking about round five on Ingram, Howard, and and Henry, I would even dip my toe into the late round four waters for Evan Ingram because I think he's got that kind of upside. Very quickly, I want to talk about Antonio Brown. We haven't had anybody call and ask about Antonio Brown, and so I'm thinking that the helmet gate and, and the, 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 the cryotherapy injury on his feet, I think that's all water under the bridge. It sounds like he's back in the good graces with the Raiders. It doesn't seem like that there's a chance he doesn't play this year. It looks like he's going to be their guy. What round is the right time to take Antonio Brown? I've come right back to where I was at the beginning of the summer, but I was below where his ADP is now at the beginning of the summer. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine with him in round three, but I'm not going quite as high as like one of the first three picks of round three. I'd like to get him in the mid to late part of round three, which means I'm just not going to get him. Yeah, I feel the same way. And and the way that I view him is more of a uh, 1,200-yard, eight-touchdown type of dude I think that he can get those numbers remember he's not in Pittsburgh anymore Ben Roethlisberger isn't his quarterback anymore the offense is different now Derek Carr is certainly different so when I see his ADP at 27th overall and it's starting to slide down Adam Thielen is actually getting drafted on average higher than Antonio Brown I think it makes sense but it's still not quite low enough for my taste I would rather have Keenan Allen in PPR uh, Thielen for sure so I agree with the ADP what about Amari Cooper? Cooper or Brown at this point? I think I'd rather have Brown. I would too. But there was a point this offseason where I really, really liked Amari Cooper, and I thought that he could have uh, some, some pretty big numbers this year. One other wide receiver question, and then we'll head to break. Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, who's your favorite? Who's your least favorite among those Rams receivers? Uh, Cooks is my favorite in both formats. Uh, Woods right behind him. Cup not too far behind him. They do all kind of limit the upside of each other, so it makes it hard for any of them to get in the top 9 or 10. But I think they all will be top 20 wide receivers this year. I think they can all be top 24 receivers this year. And and the way I view them is like this. Brandon Cooks is, uh, is, is very good. 
boomer bust type of receiver generally, but he's done it consistently for many years. The big play guy for the Rams. Cooper Cup, the red zone guy for the Rams. Robert Woods kind of fills in in between everywhere else. I see Robert Woods' ADP higher than Brandon Cooks, higher than Cooper Cup. I don't agree with it. I'm going to let other people take Robert Woods. I know he had a breakout year last year. I don't think he can do it again. I think Brandon Cooks, you can set your watch to 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. Cooper Cup's the one I like best. I think he's the one that you can find in round five, and he's still good enough to be a number two receiver. It seems like he doesn't have any setbacks from the torn ACL he suffered last year, and he's tough to match up with in the red zone. I think he's the one that's going to be maybe not the best as far as end-of-season totals among those three Rams receivers, but someone who can be good. All right, when we come back, we are going to take your calls. We're going to help you out. I know we've got Stephen Buffalo waiting on the line. We will get to him and his running back question and maybe a couple of running back sleepers for those of you who are drafting tomorrow or the day after that. We are getting into the thick of draft season. This is Eye on Fantasy Football on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to CBS Sports Radio's Eye on Fantasy Football. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, here with you until midnight Eastern on CBS Sports Radio, helping you dominate your fantasy football drafts or commiserate with you if you've already had it and you've got some Colts on your team or if you've got Lamar Miller on your team. Let's head right to the phone. Stephen Buffalo, you're on Eye on Fantasy Football. Gentlemen, pleasure to talk to you and get your advice here. I'm in a six-keeper league here, one running back, two wideouts, and a flex. Uh, I've got Gurley, Cook, and uh, uh, on Johnson as running backs. I don't know if I should keep all three of those. I got Ertz. Should I keep Ertz ahead of uh, on Johnson? I'm so scared about Ertz this year, uh, uh, what his production mm-hmm. is going to be. But I'm also scared, uh, worried about Gurley and Cook's uh, health this year. And it sounds like you don't have to start a tight end. Is that right? Oh, we had, no, there's a tight end in there. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, there is okay. a tight end. So I, is there a way you can keep all four of these guys? You said it's a six-keeper league. Are we eliminating? Uh, three or? wideouts are all set there. Got so it. I have between uh, Gurley, uh, well, obviously, I would think Gurley and Cook, I would think, are certainly need to be kept. It's kind of between Carrion Johnson. I just think he is going to do some damage this year, and I'm so worried about Gurley and Cook with their with their health. And is Ertz going to put up the numbers? Should I keep Carrion Johnson? Should I keep uh, Ertz? Yeah, I'm going to keep Carrion. I love the idea of having three great receivers and having that type of depth at running back. Because you're right, you do have probably three running backs that have injury concerns. Maybe two of them will stay healthy. It's possible. It's it's absolutely possible. Todd Gurley's. It's it's funny. At one point, he was the storyline of the off season, and then training camp started, and the preseason has kicked into high gear, and everybody's kind of forgotten about Todd Gurley and this arthritic knee that he has, and 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 what what type of year he could have. Heath, what do you have projected for Todd Gurley? You're not going to like it, I, I would assume. But well, I'm, I've got, let's just hear it. Let's I've, see. I've got him for 238 rush attempts okay. for 1,023 rushing yards. That's pretty good. Nine touchdowns on the ground. Yes, okay. 32 catches, which is a big drop-off from last year. All right, and so about 260 touches or so? 270. 270. Exactly. Okay. Uh, 1,290 total yards. Not what we're used to getting. From 12 touchdowns. Yeah, 
Uh, the touchdowns, yeah, even that's not as high as we're used to getting from him. So I think we agree that Gurley is in for a decline. It's why we're not saying to take him as an early first-round pick or even a middle first-round pick. He's more of a second-round pick. I'm looking at him more in round three. I don't think he's going to be a reliable option week in and week out. He's got to manage that knee injury quite a bit. And and really, that concerns me. The Rams' actions this offseason concern me. And so I'm I'm not ending up with Todd Gurley in any of my leagues. He, th- you're comfortable taking him middle of round two, end of round two. So you could actually, you could feasibly start your draft with Christian McCaffrey and Todd Gurley. Which, it, coming out of my mouth, it sounds amazing, but I just know that it's not the same Gurley as it's been. Well, you know, you know, after all this news happened, I was going through and I was telling you, I was checking the, what Colts I had drafted on my teams. Cause yeah. I had this handy spreadsheet. I have zero teams with Todd Gurley, so no, I've not been able to get him either. I. I'm more of an end of round two, and his ADP's crept up now. He goes in the first round of some drafts. It's up to 15th overall on CBS. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. 15th overall ahead of Nick Chubb. Do you agree with that? No. Ahead of Joe Mixon. Do you agree with that? I do not. What about Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook's ADP is three spots behind Gurley. Who would you rather have, Gurley or Cook? Um, I will take Cook. I will also take Cook. I'll take Carrion Johnson ahead of Todd Gurley. I'll take Leonard Fournette ahead of Todd Gurley. I just don't really trust him staying healthy and being that same explosive running back that he has been. You're listening to CBS Sports Radio's Eye on Fantasy Football. All right, we've got a little less than 20 minutes left before we close up shop on this edition of Eye on Fantasy Football. Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, coming at you. Tough night for Colts fans. Tough night for fantasy drafters who have already picked Colts. Just to put a bow on everything, Heath, I've re-ranked T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron. Let's compare notes. Let's see where we're comfortable drafting them at this point. I'm looking at my PPR rankings. T.Y. Hilton, for me, is barely in my round five. Yeah, you're uh, you're higher on T.Y. Hilton than I am. I've got mm-hmm. him uh, at the beginning of round seven. Wow, so, so you are really that, out of the Hilton business. A, a round and a half apart. Name some receivers you have just ahead of T.Y. Hilton in your rankings. Sammy Watkins. Ooh, wow. Ro- Robbie okay. Anderson. Okay. Christian Kirk. Josh so, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard. I'm with you on Gordon. That's the only one. Uh, I still think he's got 1,000-yard potential. I just think it's going to be an ugly 1,000 yards. I've got him projected for 1,000 yards. Do you have those other receivers projected for 1,000 yards? I have too? them projected for more than five touchdowns. I see. And, and, and that's guys. really the thing, right? I, I just think this offense is going to be n- not necessarily dumbed down, but not nearly as explosive as it's been and I think you're right. I think it's going to hurt T.Y. Hilton in the touchdowns department. Uh, same thing for non-PPR for T.Y. Hilton? Uh, he's a little bit higher than that because that's the other thing. It's not just that like T.Y. Hilton hasn't really scored very many touchdowns even when he's had a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's ever scored more than six in a season. Um, but he also doesn't catch a lot of passes. Right. <laughs> Which is a weird combination. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I have him in round six. There's a lot of running backs that I have ahead of him that I might not necessarily take in full PPR. So... Uh, Miles Sanders, for example. I would rather draft Miles Sanders and wait for him to break out than take T.Y. Hilton in a non-PPR league. Eric Ebron, is he even in the? Is he even in your top 200 at this point? He is still in my top 200. I believe he is tight end 18, somewhere around uh, number 180, mm. which is not no. in, not <laughs> in a standard CBS 15-round draft. Right, so Eric you're not Ebron. drafting Eric Ebron. It's it's over for Eric Ebron. And I, yes. I will still draft him as a streamer. I will do it in round 11, round 12, somewhere like that. 
there will probably be some buffoon in your draft that will take him before then. Send him a fruit basket. Buy him a beer. Get him a slice of pizza. Whatever it takes. You don't really want to have him on your fantasy team. He is now in that streaming group of tight ends. All right. Let's hammer out a couple of phone calls. Let's start in Chi-Town. Ray is on CBS Sports Radio. Good to talk to you guys. I have a couple of questions about my hometown Bears. I know you're not supposed to play hometown favorites, but maybe you can help me out of who's valuable. Last year I had Allen Robinson, and he was okay, but he wasn't great. I'm thinking Trey Burton might have value because he's pretty much the only tight end on the team, and I know they spread the ball around. So what's happening with the Chicago offense? I think the Chicago offense is going to be certainly more diverse than it was last year. I think the addition to David Montgomery is great, and I like him, top 50 type of player. I think he's got a chance to bully for over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns this year, Heath. I think that he's one of the most exciting Bears players that you can draft and hasn't even played a game in the NFL yet. But along with him in that backfield, you know about Tariq Cohen. Um, there's some concern that he's not going to get a lot of work, maybe in the neighborhood of 10, 11 touches per game. That's where he was at last year. I think that's okay. I don't think that that's necessarily amazing. I think that's more of a round seven or eight pick. And we've, we've kind of butted heads on Tariq Cohen, Heath, over the span of the last week or two. Where, where are you at on Tariq Cohen right now? I have downgraded him slightly, but from where I had him. And I've got downgraded him a lot from where he finished last year. But you can do that, and he's still a top 24 running back in PPR because he was so good last year. So, yeah, I think both Montgomery and Cohen – have value as top 30 running backs in both formats. I'm a little bit lower on Montgomery, a little bit higher on Cohen than you are. Back mm-hmm. to the, like the guy he originally asked about, Allen Robinson, I I think it might be a little bit um, overstating it to say he was just okay last year. He he had some very good games. He, missed, he was amazing in the playoff game. Missed three games because of injury, missed another partial game where he only had four yards, and he was still on a 1,000-yard pace last year. I I think he'll be as good as T.Y. Hilton will be this year, and he was remarkable in the playoffs. And then the guy that we really disagree on in this Bears offense is Mitchell Trubisky because I think Mitchell Trubisky is a starting fantasy quarterback. As in you've got him ranked where? He is uh, 11th. Oh, wow. And I didn't it, realize that. Yes. All this time, Mitch has been in your top 12. Yeah, I think he had some amazing games last mm-hmm. year. He had he had six touchdowns in one game. That week, I believe it was 55 fantasy points. It's the most any player scored in fantasy last year. Mitchell Trubisky has that honor. I, I think given all the weapons around him, and we didn't even talk about Anthony Miller, who's, who's certainly one of my favorite kind of late-round breakout candidates, I, I think there's room for him to be very good for fantasy, and not a lot of people – are excited to take him, and not a lot of people are taking two quarterbacks. I, I'd, I think I'd rather go in the direction of Kyler Murray, um, Phillip Rivers, even Drew Brees ahead of Mitchell Trubisky. I have met all those guys. I, I, see, I know why. I'm just not sure if I'm ready to commit to that. I don't know if he can regularly get over 250 yards and get over two touchdowns. Eric, Eric calling us from Atlanta. Eric, you are on Eye on Fantasy Football. Hey, gentlemen, how y'all doing? What's up, Eric? Hey, uh, I have a bit of a unique question. Ooh. I have a draft tomorrow. Uh, it is a 14-team, one quarterback, two running back, two wide receivers, one flex and tight end. I have a second pick, and I am going to take Julio Jones in dedication to my mother who recently passed. Oh, wow. So the lead sort of already knows this. Uh, it's just something I want to do. and But I know you're not supposed to do that. 
So how can I fix the draft moving forward to kind of correct for the fact that I'm going to do this for, uh, by taking Julio Jones? First of all, I think it is absolutely noble of you to, to think of your mother and, and do this for her. I think that's fantastic. I think you could also make it happen if you trade down from round two. What if you, you can't trade picks you, at all? Like not yeah. even a little bit. I, nope. What about like under the table nope. where you just say, "Okay, listen, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take Alvin Kamara. You take Julio Jones, and then I'll tell you who to take in round two, and I'll take who you want me." To, you can't do that either, Eric. No, I, no. It, there, this, there was some discussion about like, yeah, can I just like trade back a little bit? But I'm sort of pot committed it, here it, at number it's, two. It's, I, it's, I, I see. It can I see. still, it can still be just fine. It's just you're probably going to. We've talked about zero running back a lot. You okay. may go that way. If Mike Evans is there in the second round and you can start with Julio and Mike Evans, that's great. If not, okay. that 2 3 turn is a place where you can find in a lot of drafts, um, not ours, but a lot of drafts, you can find Leonard Fournette. You can find Dalvin Cook in some of those. You can find Todd Gurley in some of Carry those. Carry on Johnson could be you there. You can find a number one running back at the end of the okay. second. And then go maybe with George Kittle or Zach Ertz in the third. And, you know, we really don't see drafts shake out like that because there is just this demand for those top three running backs, and they're going to go one, two, three off the board. Eric, I'm actually interested in seeing how your draft turns out. If you don't mind tweeting me at Dave Richard after the draft happens, I'd like to see how the, how the team uh, team looks because it's very different. And, yes, Heath's right. You are going to be able to find running backs that you will like there. I'd like to go to Brian in San Diego next. Brian, you are on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, fellas. How you doing? I, I We're doing all right, Brian. How are you? Good, good. Well, new to fantasy. Going to be having a draft tomorrow. 10-team PPR, and I don't know my draft order yet, uh, but it's a quarterback, two running backs, three receiver, tight end, kicker, defense, and a flex. Uh, I'm not sure. Should I load up one receiver and just try to scrap up some running backs? that catch the ball or what do you guys think well the nice thing about being being in a 10 team ppr is no matter what strategy you decide it's going to work out for you in a 12 team league the talent's going to thin out a little bit faster 14 16 of course it's going to thin out much faster but a 10 team league you can differentiate your lineup a little bit and maybe take some liberties when it comes not just to drafting tight ends or going heavy on wide receivers but also a quarterback and you can go and try and stand out at quarterback by having Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers on your team if you uh, decide to take them at a value that seems fair to you. I don't hate the idea of going with receiver-receiver if you're picking toward the back of round one. If you're picking early in round one, I'd go running back and then probably best available player with your next two picks. Last but not least, we are going to close up shop. Our last caller of the night, Pat from Ohio. And, oh, look at Heath's face. Look at that smile on Heath's face. Pat, we are excited to hear from you. What is up, fellas? There it is. Pat, it's good to hear your voice, man. Hey, I'm so excited. I just can't Carlos hide it. I'm about to be on the show, and I think I like it. Once upon a time, not long ago, I did a best ball draft, and I didn't all like the way it goes. Gordon Zero RB in the heat of the moment, I thought it hurt me. With the 11th pick, it hurts. I started off with Julio, Juju, and then Zach Ertz. I ended up with Freeman and Coleman and right back to Josh Gordon and Sammy Watkins. But by then, all the decent running backs were stolen. Please teach. Gordon's RB in a best ball draft running backs. Do I reach? Knock, knock, knock them out the box, Dave. Knock them out, Dave. Have a lovely evening. Oh, I no. love it. I, I have missed hearing from Pat 
for the last several oh, months. Oh, yeah. We, I on Fantasy Football, just so everybody knows, it is not a year-round show on CBS Sports Radio. So Pat had a lot of time to come up with that rap, and he knocked it out of the park. Zero RB in best ball strategy. So these are drafts Love where, it. Where, you, where you take a bunch of players, and then you don't make any moves. You just wait and see how the team, they score a bunch of points. And uh, at the end of the year, you find out if you won or you yeah. lost. I mean, I'm trying to figure, like, I, I love listening to Pat rap like that. I love what he comes up with for us. But I was trying to figure out what he's talking about, saying that it didn't work. That sounds wonderful, the players that I he agree. had I agree. I thought he had some good running backs. And, and the nice thing about it is, in the best ball, they're much deeper rosters. So you're not just going 15 right. rounds usually. You're able to collect a lot of running backs. And everybody that plays fantasy football knows that in, in the blink of an eye, a running back that's sipping Gatorade on the sideline comes into the game and is suddenly a hero in fantasy football. You think about James Conner last year. You think about Damian Williams from last year. Happens all the time. Happens every single season. Yeah, just just make sure if if you do that, you want six or seven running backs. So you got start with Freeman and Coleman. Then I want to see like you get to round eight or nine. And you just take six straight. Just take a bunch of running backs. Get Darwin Thompson. Get Justice Hill. Those guys are going to pop one one or two weeks this year. Heath, let's wrap it up by going through a couple of the box scores from tonight's game. So you tell me what you think. I'll name a player that did something. You tell me where they are in your fantasy lab. I'm going to give you one and only one, David Johnson. Arizona Cardinals, where are you drafting him? I'm not going to get David Johnson this season. I'm going to take him in the second round. Um, I'm scared to death of the offensive line. He had one run in this game that I thought looked okay, but mostly he got hit. That's going to do it for us. Much appreciation to Brian McKeon, James Baccioni, and Pete McCarthy with the updates. For Heath Cummings, I'm Dave Richard. Thanks for coming out.